0: wars episode 0009 he and the departed this ain't fucking disneyland
1: man Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Movie Wars Podcast, Episode 9. I'm your host, Kyle. Don't waste my motherfucking time. That What's up, good.
0: guys? I'm Drew. I'm the podcaster that does my job. You must be the other guy.
2: And I'm Phil, as fucking always, not prepared for this moment. <laughs> I don't know how we have done nine of these. <laughs> have a quote. And I still, Phil, for God's sake, it's not hard. I know. Especially because you watch them the morning of. Be, <laughs> give
0: me all I you basically got. Give me do. Give me all you got. <laughs> yeah, Motherfucker. There you go. My Come on, faka. Trooper. Justine. You're a product of your environment. Justine. I almost said, I don't want to be a product of my podcast. I want my (laughs) podcast to be a product of me. That's a good one, too. (laughs) See, I like it how
1: Phil never has one and you have multiple. I
0: have just like a Rolodex.
1: We never make it easy on ourselves, and I was so excited. This has been on the docket for a long time. So last week, I was geeking out about There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men, but Heat and The Departed. You know, watching these films was a treat. Um, I've always loved The Departed. I watched Heat when I was younger, my experience here, and kind of wasn't old enough to understand the nuance and kind of the artistic arching themes, kind of the intentional dark shots that Michael Mann creates in that movie. And watching it older and being more mature as a film lover, what a treat. And my story hook today is, you know, what I love about both of these movies is the main characters are the same in a lot of ways. When you look at Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, and when you look at Leo, Matt Damon, and all the main characters, there are only a few deviations away from each other, especially in Heat. Neil Macaulay and Vincent are the same person, but they're just on the different side of a, a very thin line mm-hmm. and they're driven by the same things and it's the same with Leo Leo can't tell who he is every day he's been undercover for over a year and every day his morality is in question so I love that these are action movies that also pack so much under so much heat they, yeah it departs from the the usual but you know I, I love that these characters and, and that's the biggest difference you watch a movie like Rambo for example which is an action movie which I love we all know I'm a lifer I'm a sly lifer I love Lifer. I'm a lifer the goal of those movies is to elevate those actors you know and you're not used to like a super strong supporting cast first blood we had an early Denahi, so I mean we did have that but what's interesting though with these films is that having a big cast is not a guarantee of a successful film you know you look at these jam-packed rosters right and I'm just going to do a quick run through Heat Al Pacino Robert De Niro Val Kilmer John Voight Tom Sizemore Amy Brenneman Ashley Judd Ted Levine who played in Sounds of the Lambs he was Buffalo Bill Natalie Portman Fortman. Danny Trejo The Departed Directed by Martin Hold Scorsese Hold on, sorry,
0: you forgot one oh. Dennis Haysbert Who played Arnold Palmer in 24 He's the Allstate guy Yeah, yeah In yes. the Allstate Just yeah. yes. lots of like iconic And how funny is it like They needed more people Hank Azaria uh,
2: I was just gonna say Hank
1: Azaria Henry Rollins was... Tone Lope Jeremy Piven Jeremy Piven The Departed Leonardo DiCaprio Matt Damon Jack Nicholson Mark William Wahlberg William Fichter <laughs> Ficht- Fichtner. Williams Finkter Sorry, go ahead Martin Sheen Alec Baldwin Kevin Corrigan the it's, you look at this on paper like, oh, that's going to be a great movie. It's just like sports, right? You see a jam-packed roster, you think, oh, they're going to the finals. But, I, you know, the biggest uh, example I can think of is the the Monuments Men. That movie blew. Mm, yeah. It had a huge cast, <laughs> right? Matt da- a- like Matt Damon, John Goodman, like a giant cast. Hated that movie. It's not always a guarantee, but it takes a director, y'all, to manage all this talent. I think the budget for salaries on Departed was $90 million. It made up oh half the budget God. for all the star power. I mean, like we said, Heat, they needed tone, they needed musicians. They got Tone Loke and Henry Rollins from Black Flag. I love that these directors can handle this much star power, but they're not just stars. They're giving meaningful performances. I mean, this is Robert De Niro and Al Pacino at the top of their game. This is Jack Nicholson later in his career after kind of being known for as good as it gets and some of the softer films and then making a return as a crazy over-the-top guy that you just, he's unpredictable. But I just really wanted to highlight that these it's not just an action movie. These performances are out of this world and I love that ambiguity that you get from these characters that moment when Robert De Niro and Al Pacino for the first time in cinema history they've been in movies together but in the same frame for the first time and you're seeing that Mm -hmm. these are the same people they just fell into different you know I I imagine like an ice tray you know when you remember old days when you used to just pour water in an ice tray and put it in that's just where they fell they're the same person and I just love how these and not every director could do this you don't give this to Michael Bay you don't give this to someone like that they can't deliver what these films delivered and Mm. I yeah so I love it what is your uh, experience Drew with these films?
0: well that's well said Kyle These, I mean these movies are almost too there's almost too much to talk about in one episode because the, the casts are so extensive there's just a lot to unpack to your point there's a symmetry to both of these films that are what to me make them worth comparing uh, in the sense that the two main characters are in a lot of ways the same person the first time I saw this I think was with you right we were in college or maybe you had seen it and you showed it to me something I remember I that revisited it about two years ago with my wife and was just like so reminded of how good it was. Yes. Heat somehow had never heard of it until about a year ago. I don't know what happened. The more I've unpacked it, because it's recently become one of my favorite movies, but the more I've learned about it, I've, the more I've realized this is like a pretty iconic, famous film. And I just totally passed me by. Maybe it's because the title, Heat, doesn't really... It feels a little like a TV cop show. So we talking about Miami Heat, or the heat <laughs> of the night, or like, what you know... But Miami like, Vice? Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it uh, about a year and a half ago, and I remember I was I was smoking a cigar on the patio watching this. And I remember like, super having to pee, like, with an hour left. And I had this thought on the way to the bathroom where I was just like, I cannot physically wait to get back to my seat so I can see how this movie ends. I was just so invested in every aspect of that movie. So, I'm excited to uh, freaking talk about these movies. Such good movies.
1: Phil, what are your experience with these films?
2: Both of of these movies I saw years ago. I saw Heat in High School. It was one of these movies that a friend of mine was like, Hey, do you want to come over and watch this movie called Heat? And I was like, Yeah, why, why not? And so I went and watched it. And the funny thing is, as time went on, I didn't remember anything about Heat as a movie. I just remember what I felt when I watched it. And I enjoyed it so thoroughly that from the time I was like 16 years old until I just rewatched it a couple nights ago, I just remembered thinking that movie was amazing. And upon re- watching it. Man, what a deep film that was. It explored that fine line between, to be reductive, cops and robbers. Like, it Mm -hmm. just really dove Hmm. into the fact that they're all a hair away from being the same person. And it was really interesting seeing it from, like, the adult perspective, like, as you know, you go on in life and you realize that, you know, morality has its ambiguity and a lot of times people fall into things because of their life circumstances and you're just watching this movie realizing that you know, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino's character probably pretty much the same dudes just happen to fall on different sides of the tracks. And so it was amazing again for totally different ways. The Departed I saw in college with some of my best friends in our dorm room. And I just remember, all I remembered about that movie was <laughs> the elevator scene at the end um, and then re-watching it again. It was kind of funny to explore the fact that it plots fairly simple. It's about a bunch of moles within a police department and then another mole within a gang. You know, at the end you find out there's more to it. But both of them, incredible films. Mm-hmm. So much fun to watch. Where do you even and start with those. Yeah, I think Kyle knows where we're gonna start, and that's why I'm gonna pass it back off
1: to him. We're gonna start with randos. Well said, Phil. no you're you're Fucking totally spot randos. on, man. All right, let's get into some randos, and I'm just gonna start with a heavy hitter I just, here. I love randos. You do love them. I do too. <laughs> I love the word rando. It sounds like Rambo, but it's random. I don't know if you guys knew this, but this blew my mind. I I did a lot of research on these because I wanted to bring it for these two films. The scene with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, not only was it the first scene where they were in the same frame together, because they were in Godfather 2, but they were not in the same frame ever, was completely unrehearsed. Michael Mann, and I don't I couldn't pick up into special features because Robert De Niro kinda joked around and made it sound like it was intentional, but they filmed it at one in the morning. And Michael Mann kind of made it sound like he was purposely waiting until it was way too late in Hmm. the night because he wanted the yeah, actors' that on realistic edge. punchiness that you yeah. get at that time of night, because the scene was at 2 a.m. and so they decided not to go rehearsal because Robert De Niro loves rehearsal. Apparently, he says is this is this, the diner scene with yeah, where he takes him out to get coffee, the iconic yeah. scene. But they said it would be best for this scene if it was completely unrehearsed. And what Michael Mann said is their biggest emphasis wasn't on the script; it was actually on the physicality. They wanted Al Pacino to kind of look like he was super close to a gun at any minute. Maybe he was going to pull out a gun. Just little physical things that left you and wonder so that's actually their focus even though the dialogue is incredible that totally came
2: across Mm -hmm. watching it because I'm not the research guy out of the group but that was funny while I was watching that scene there was this tenseness where I felt like Robert De Niro could snap at any given moment yeah Mm -hmm. and that you might have just been tired like you might have just been like exactly "Mm -hmm, yeah I want to go to sleep this just speaks to the prowess of the actors that scene
0: it felt to me so forced but as a viewer it's like I don't even care like from, from a story standpoint point it's like okay he oh, pulled that. him over and asked him to go for a cup of coffee so they could have a scene together all right we see what you're doing but it was almost like magic johnson and larry bird squaring off like you just sitting across from each other like it's like these are the two guys doing what they do well, the fr- and everybody nobody cares like, the they just funny thing see this.
2: about that scene too is that you're watching it and yeah it's the cop and the robber but it's also very much al pacino and robert de niro that scene was just as much about them as actors being in yes. the same frame as it was about the movie like it was almost this bizarre, like meta self
0: indulgence. Yes, you got the sense that they were like, "Are we really gonna do a movie with both these guys?" And like, "We're not gonna let them do a scene." Like, I've, yeah. "We gotta maybe you just like pull them over and ask them to coffee." You know, yeah, the-
1: coffee. But minor. it totally worked. You lump these guys together in history. It's like when you think of Al Pacino, you automatically think of De Niro. Like for me, I think of De Niro, P- Pesci, and Pacino. Even though like I don't think Pesci and Pacino have crossed paths in a frame, but those three guys just kind of like in my mind, they just kind of all pop into the picture at the same time and mentally. They this was the first scene and when I found out as a film lover like whoa this is the first time they've actually been in the same scene together even though they've done the same film like wow so De Niro is known for I know we've talked about how he can be typecasted and he kind of leans into the criminal Italian guy but he does an insane amount of preparation so we talked about during the uh, Raging Bull episode about how he trained with Jake LaMotta and during Taxi Driver he drove a taxi for six months in Manhattan to prepare for that role for this Michael Mann actually on off days would take De Niro, Al Pacino and Val Kilmer to penitentiaries. So, and they would go and interview actual prisoners because Michael Mann wanted them to see where their characters came from. So for this movie, every character had a history and every actor was responsible for knowing the complete history of their character. Even though we're not seeing the penitentiaries Mm. they came from in the film, they were responsible for knowing the history. Now, actors do this, but it was very intentional for this movie because Neil McCauley, Val Kilmer's character, they, they had spent time in prison. So they you know, wanted them to see what it was like. They also prepared this way. They took the main actors and actresses to banks to case it out like they were going to rob it. Now, the banks were ahe- aware ahead of time that Michael Mann well, was, was going to come in there. Yeah. They weren't going to come in and be like, hey, we're going to pretend like we're robbing the place. Don't worry about Everybody
0: it. Everybody be cool. Yeah. Be Just cool. Re- Robert say, De has got a die. gun. Yeah.
1: But they went through the process of casing the bank. So there was a lot of real-life acting here to fill out those histories. They wanted them to know firsthand what it would feel like to rob a bank, to case a bank, to be in prison. Prison, to come out of a prison and try to reestablish a life. Another interesting fact: Danny Trejo didn't really need the prison tour because, as a youngster, he was in Folsom Prison, the, the prison that Johnny Cash played his famous concert at. Trejo was in and out of prison, so one Wait, of the. I'm
0: sorry, his name in the movie is, is his Trejo.
1: No, not in the movie. That's the actor's name.
0: No, in the movie, his is, name in the movie is, is Trejo. Trejo. Wait a second. That's why I was so confused. I was his like, his Hold on, his name Trejo is in real actually life. Trejo.
2: Yeah, and in the movie, he's called Trejo. <laughs> okay, that's a rando. I don't have it, but... Yeah, I'll do a rando. Rando! Another his rando. His name is Trejo. Why didn't
1: I know that? I've seen this movie. They just gave up on trying to give him a creative name. So let's do some randos for The Departed. Even though Martin Scorsese, <laughs> so many of his films are based on books in real life, this isn't directly based on Whitey Bulger, but the biggest influence for this was the Irish mobster of Boston, Whitey Bulger, who at one point, according to the special features, was only behind whatever the leading terrorist was at the time. Whitey Bulger was the second most wanted man in in the world. So I didn't know this. Brad Pitt is one of the producers of The Departed. He was going to be in it, but they decided he was too old to play the characters that they were thinking of him for, so he ended up just producing it. When you're Brad Pitt and you're too old, what does that mean for the rest of us? We're done. We're fucking done! Are you kidding me? I don't know if this set off his career, but I mean, he had a successful career as a, you know, he's still directing and producing now, so I mean, he's he's had a, you know, a lot of the films that he's in now, he actually does produce, so it definitely plays in his favor. He's He's good at it, so. Some casting choices that they wanted to make uh, Ray Liotta was considered for the film Dennis Leary they were both initially uh, considered for the role that Wahlberg had so Ray Liotta from Goodfellas which would have kind of been a trope for Scorsese continuing his streak of casting the same unionized Italian mobster actors right. that he does in Frank Vincent and crew Dennis Leary though Dennis Leary the other Gary Busey yeah. alright here we go <laughs> that's so random a great comedian no no
0: no the other Gary Busey is you know Kyle help me out what, Gar- what? Gary Busey I don't know. Who, do, who do we get right? confused with Gary Busey all the time. What's the uh, other actor with wooden teeth and a coat? The dude from 48 Hours. Oh, Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte. Yeah. He's, <laughs> Nick Nolte's the other Gary Busey. Yeah. Dennis Leary is the other yeah. Nick Nolte. All right. Yeah. We got yeah, to the bottom. That's true. We fair do enough.
1: confuse. So, De Niro at this point had done eight films with Scorsese and was asked to play Frank Costello. So, again, wow. with Scorsese loving using the same actors over and over and over, I, uh, I'm kind of glad he went Jack Nicholson. It was different, but I mean, you can't help but think how De Niro would have been, but I think they made the right choice. Like I said earlier, the this is a rando, but $90 million was the budget for the actor's salaries. So, and that's why, you know, they probably gave like Henry Jump Rollins change. free tickets to an IMAX showing of this as yeah. his compensation. You know, it's like, <laughs> hey, Anti-Flag was great. You want to see the movie as your form of compensation?
0: It seems a little bit like nowadays the hook of the movie is what sells a movie. Whereas back in 2007, it was still like... Star power. Yeah, star power. And also I think when Marty Scorsese at this point in his career is doing a film and you're Alec Baldwin or you're Martin Sheen or... You're just like, yeah, pff. four days? You need me on set four days? I'll be there. Exactly. I mean, Scorsese,
1: well, yeah. And shockingly, this is Scorsese's only win as best director.
0: This is one of those honorary. It's not as no best. No disrespect to The Departed. I freaking love this film. Mm-hmm. But it's that not as best. Said, it's not best yeah, if, if you're
1: trying to say Departed is better than Taxi Driver, no like, way, come on. no way. Not even better than Raging Bull. And I know how you feel about Raging no, Bull. No, Departed is better than Raging Bull. But yeah, it's still shocking. You guys know Scorsese life or my favorite director of all time. <laughs> Taxi Driver's my favorite movie. Easily
0: top 50 directors yeah. of all time.
1: Of all 320 of my top 50 films, he's definitely top 90 for me. How many films are in your top 90? 107,
2: 183 yeah. at least minimum. That's good yeah. ratio.
1: All right, shall we war? Let's war! Let's have a gun battle war! in the streets of L.A. War! All right, we're gonna start where we always start: best Top Bill cast. Now this oh! today it feels a little heavy. Where do we
0: draw the line <laughs> yeah, on these categories? I, 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 I don't
1: even know. The guy How cleaning the toilet at the diner.
0: Okay, is, okay. So is, here, is so, is so let's secondless. just say, let's say Top Bill are the two guys. Uh, top Bill, say, it's, it's Leo and Damon. What about Jack? Yeah, Jack Nicholson. There is no Top Bill. It's like no. It's got to be Leo and Damon is Top threw, Bill.
2: They threw all of the Hollywood in these movies. They were like all of the Hollywood you come be in these movies, and it was like
0: I'm, I'm looking at IMDb, and they list them in order of how much they were paid. So Top Bill, the top two, Leo and Damon departed. Pacino and De Niro.
1: Drew, you that that's your area. You you start us off, and that's yeah, I like that.
0: This I have no words for. <laughs> right? I, I, this is hard. Well, well, I. do have words. So De Niro and Pacino, this is like MJ LeBron. Like this is this is tough. This is a these are the guys, man. If you heard the plot of this film, the entire time you're thinking, God, this sounds like a Pacino or De Niro film. And then it's them. Like that, like that's the kind of so I I think I want to go heat. Just because of their they had already established themselves as legends. Mm -hmm. And this was kind of their well not their foray. I think they had already they were already in the middle or near the end of their comeback, I would Mm -hmm. say. But uh I I would say Heat. As opposed to Damon and Leo, they're, the, the Departed was still kind of, we're building our catalog. I'm gonna go Heat. Man,
2: Drew tends to live in my head with these, but I'm with you on the Heat thing.
0: It feels mildly
2: sacrilegious to go against Pacino and De Niro, even though it is Leo and Matt Damon. I thought Leo and Matt Damon delivered top tier performances in Departed. It's honestly one of my favorite Leo performances, but man, I mean, Pacino and De Niro, first time on screen together, incredible job as actors. I go heat just mm-hmm. because of the I don't know, maybe this is a respect for my elders thing, but like, you know, those guys just brought it in that film. You believe, in the moments they were together, you believed that they hated each other, but you also believed that they had a mutual respect for each other because they yeah. were both fully aware that they could have been each other had circumstances been different. And you felt that in the performance, so yeah,
1: heat.
0: Okay, so you just said they could have been each other. Could those guys have traded places?
1: Absolutely. Pacino. As actors.
0: I'm struggling to see. I don't
1: see De Niro as is the good guy
0: right because he's always got that menacing intimidating vibe I mean even in like Meet the Fockers it's that true. movie worked because he's like this really intimidating but father-in-law why can't
2: cops be intimidating
0: okay because Pacino I mean, had that, some crazy vibe going on he was screaming
1: at well, people the whole time this is kind of a, <laughs>
0: give me all you got
1: <laughs> yeah this is kind of a rando. <laughs> he's just
0: always randomly screaming
1: even though he doesn't he doesn't do it in the movie during the special features they, they establish well that as part of those histories that they establish for the character Pacino chips cocaine so he says that in Special Features. They wrote this character as a guy. He doesn't do a lot of cocaine, but one of the reasons that sometimes he's crazy and yells and kind of acts out of, you know, line is because he chips cocaine. I thought it was he, because of women's asses. Yeah, well. Isn't that
2: one part? He's like, <laughs> oh women's asses just, they and just bring it out of me.
1: That was ad lib, by the way. Obviously. Because that was a line. weird
2: fucking line and they that left it in the movie. so, I don't know. I remember, I remember, asses! I remember what? like <laughs> seeing him go off and harass and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, that was weird, and then he just <laughs> sidebars <laughs> like... His buddy is- cop just kind of snickered and then just rolled. Like, yeah, like yeah. sidebar hardcore. Women's <laughs> asses just bring it out of me.
1: And I was like, okay, that's yeah. weird, but now we're moving on. And I go, I go Heat on this, and I kind of have to break it down this way. Like I said in the story hook, there are tons of giant casts. You see them all over Hollywood, and that doesn't mean they're going to be successful. Both these films utilize the talents great, but Heat, it's... I just feel like I'm watching everybody in their prime. It's Absolutely. Kilmer.
2: Absolutely.
1: And I'm a Val a Valcomer guy. I love door the doors Lifer? is Lifer? Lifer? N- not a lifer. I like Val. Not a lifer. And I know that Pacino. You could take the video components out of this movie and audiograph Pacino talking into like scent of a woman, and you're gonna hear a lot of the same tones from Pacino. In a way, it is people doing what they do, like that kind of typecasted thing with De Niro and Pacino, and the, you said it, cops and robbers, very traditional. But Michael Mann found a way to use everybody to their best strength. Even you got musicians, Tone Loke, playing a criminal. I mean, you have people playing. At the top of the game, and I, I with the departed, you know, Scorsese's thing is that he, and we've said this with Raging Bull, is that his whole thing is he takes people that no one likes, no one cares about, and zooms in on the thing that makes them deplorable, and that's why that's how he makes movies. He didn't do that here. You don't get a lot of a character depth. He did a little bit, but you yeah, don't get definitely as much depth. Jake not the Jake depth of
2: depravity that we got with Jake LaMotta. Yeah, like, with Jake LaMotta, you're was, just like, oh god. The-. That was a true case study in like how to be a piece of shit. Yes, you know?
1: and <laughs> it was weird seeing him get away from. That I missed some of that caricature that you get with somehow we developed characters. Martin Scorsese,
2: if you hate Martin Scorsese and his directing, then there's that's your own personal problem,
1: Phil. Why don't you kick us off this time? Supporting. <laughs>
2: I mean, right. how do you even supporting cast? I mean, no, on no. one side, you've got Alec Baldwin and you've got Martin Sheen, and on the other side, you've got Jack
0: <laughs> got Nicholson, <laughs> Jack, Mark Wahlberg, yeah,
2: Jack Nicholson, Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> and then you've got on, on the other side, you've got uh Val Kilmer and some other. People that I can't remember because I'm a, I'm a few deep on a thick ass Marg. So, <laughs> good Lord. I mean, good Lord. Maybe departed just because of Jack Nicholson. We're sitting here talking about Jack Nicholson being a supporting character. Yeah, this man starred in *The Shining*, people. Yeah, and he's a supporting character mm-hmm. in this film. Are you kidding me? Departed by a landslide. Drew.
0: When I look at *Heat*, I see Val Kilmer, I see John Voight, I see a slew. I mean, you got Jeremy Piven, you got William Fickner. These, these are guys that I love to see pop up. So I'm a huge. This is a no disrespect to *Heat*. Because Honestly, if there was a third cast category, like a C-level casting category... Tertiary. Heat would probably take it. But for the B-level, the B-suite, definitely got to go to Departed. I mean, you got four icons in their own right playing secondary roles. And I think that's where your Martin Scorsese is just at a certain place in his career, where people just want to come out. They're like, oh, yeah, Martin Scorsese is doing a movie, I'm in. Like, I think that's wh- what that is, essentially.
1: So, <laughs> I uh, I went Heat on this one, and I'm outnumbered, so it doesn't matter... But I do want to highlight that I do love the supporting elements of The Departed. And the reason being is Mark Wahlberg and Alec Baldwin bring this comedic tone. To me, it, there's an inconsistency there. And, and like I've said, I love Scorsese and his, the way he develops characters. I wanted more of what Wahlberg and Baldwin brought kind of across the board. And if you look at it, the way Heat kind of shares the ball in terms of how they casted people and what they contributed, I think they do a better job of it. And, and I think people played their part so well in Heat, even at the supporting level, where with departed, I saw Wahlberg actually kind of sticking out in a good way, and I loved it. But I wanted more Wahlberg. I wanted more Baldwin, and I actually from
0: Wal- oh from others. You wanted people to join them on. Their yeah,
1: level. kind of like that tone they set. So I gave it to Heat. Doesn't matter. You guys gave it to Departed, but both great.
0: To me, it feels a little bit like Leo is in a different movie. Yes, because totally. like, to your point, Wahlberg so over the top, chewing up the scenery like no one's ever chewed scenery before. Amen. Alec Three. Baldwin chewing up the, like he's just in it it's entertaining he's like, bald so winning win- in that film <laughs> 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 even the charisma that, that you know there was a sizzle between Damon and Farmiğa there's that elevator scene like he was in it like yeah. that, it just felt like they were all having a really good time mm-hmm. and then Leo was just like all of a sudden not having a good time and all of his scenes and struggling and his accent was going in and out like not yeah. not that I didn't relate or not that I wasn't compelled by his internal struggle like he did yeah. act well for his character but it almost felt isolated from the rest of the cast.
1: That is so perfectly said. And he's not great at accents. I mean, he got dinged in uh, Gangs of New York, which is another Scorsese, which is incredible. but Which is actually s-
0: a similar movie. Yeah. That's, this is just Gangs of Boston. Yeah. Modern day. Highfalutin cast. <laughs> right.
1: High power. Daniel Day-Lewis. Again, his accent does go in and out. <laughs> and then I didn't want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. In but the what top, great movie cast.
2: doesn't have the le- one of the lead actors with the accent going in and uh,
1: out? Star Wars. A lot.
0: A lot, <laughs> I was say a lot, of, a lot of movies Daniel-
1: or no, accent. I'm just fucking with you. Guys. Oh, okay, I was going to say Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, yeah, it was a joke, okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, because no. I was going to say Daniel Day-Lewis is <laughs> Irish, and we watched, we we talked about there would be blood last week. Did that? But are you go allowed out? to be named
2: Daniel Day-Lewis without being perfect? <laughs> I mean, come on, are you it's kidding me? It is true. That <laughs> your is middle
0: the, name is Day. Yeah, your name
2: is Day. You you encompass an entire part of the You're earth not for Daniel twelve Knight, hours. Lewis. You son of a bitch.
1: Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> Now we're going to continue the cast conversation here. So we're tied one to one. Oh, good. Let's keep talking about cast. Yeah. So I'm going to. What
0: else do you talk about with these movies? I know. There's a lot of good actors. You're pretty good actors
1: here. Least bloated. And this is what this category (laughs) means. (laughs)
0: I love this category. You know who wasn't least bloated? Jack Nicholson was looking hefty. little in this bloated. Movie. He wasn't He is just he I, I'm sorry, I totally hijacked no, go hijacked ahead. the <laughs> category. He just I mean, that man, does he give a fuck about anything? Well you're kind of Nicholson and then diming him right now, so <laughs> I don't Well done. Yeah.
1: So explaining least bloated cast, like we talked about $90 million salary budget for The Departed, it doesn't mean they're always a great film, right? We talked about Monuments Men. Heavy cast, not a great film. Who utilizes the heavy-handed cast the best in terms of which has the least dead weight? And I'm going to kick us off here. I think The Departed loses in this category because I hate to say it, I don't love Matt Damon. I I think some of the best characters in this are Mark Wahlberg, Alec Baldwin. I love what they do. I love Leo, but I just feel like... in when you compare it to Heat, everyone serves a very defined purpose. Even Al Pacino's wife, Edie, you know, Robert De Niro's girlfriend or Neil McCauley's girlfriend. Even though she's subtle, she serves such an eloquent purpose. And I just think again, it's neck and neck. I love what Heat does with with this giant cast. Drew, what do you think? Who utilizes the <sighs> cast the best?
0: And I think it's back to the, this idea that big actors want to come out to be a part of a Scorsese movie. Because was Martin Sheen great? Yeah. Who? What's not to like about Martin Sheen? Do you need Martin Sheen to play that role? Not really. Alec Baldwin, was he great? Was he fun? Yeah, but dude, like, it felt a yeah. little bit like, man, what a waste <laughs> that these guys come out for three or four scenes. And, you know, so uh, yeah, I think I, I would go Heat. I guess Heat would win this category because it felt like they made the most with what they had.
2: I feel like I have nothing to add to that. I completely agree. Heat was so dialed in. That was the thing. It was like there was no waste in that movie, even though some of like the scenes, and I, I actually appreciated this. A lot of the scenes in that movie were a little indulgent from a filmmaker standpoint. Like they held for on heat. to... Yeah, for Heat. They held on to like a moment kind of long and like let somebody's emotional situation play out longer than maybe you'd see in another movie and maybe that's why it was three hours long. But um, hmm. yeah, overall, there was no character waste in that film. Whereas The Departed was like a showcase for Scorsese where he was like, look at all of the guys I can get on one screen. Whereas Heat yeah. Was yeah. even though the cast was possibly just as huge, it was very dialed in.
0: The Departed almost felt like a crime drama all-star game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or 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 like a Scorsese totally. like greatest hits album. You know, like it was just kind of like it's like, okay, we see what you're doing here. Yeah, and to totally. your point, Phil,
1: with uh, you talked about the emotional spectrum being displayed a lot in heat. It no, was intentional was, because yeah. think about it. What's the theme of the movie? The reason the movie's called Heat is because in two times in a movie, Neil McCauley played by Robert De Niro, talks about don't get so attached to something that you're not gonna can't leave in 30 seconds yeah and that's the thing and you're kind of like throughout the movie like oh well of course that's how they got the name of the movie and you kind of felt like it was cheesy but then the end of the movie towards the end when Edie's in the car and he's assessing yep. how haunting was that i'm so into right. this movie that i'm so
2: mean with the I'm, with the car yes
1: i'm so bought in and i'm like surely he's he's gonna get in the car with Edie. No. he's broken this thing he doesn't have to escape he, he can, has his his principles and he fucking does it Bolt. he yeah bolts and so yes you're Right. It's weird. It's an action movie, but there's these emotional arcs.
2: Oh, they that movie was a bizarrely indulgent filmmaking piece. Yes. Because they let certain scenes play out. That was one thing I noticed when I was watching it. I was like, they're letting this go. For, right. Like, they're not editing out these seconds here and there that make it maybe a two hour and 15 minute movie versus mm-hmm. a three hour movie. Like, they let strange stuff play out. Like, as we, we were joking before about uh, Pacino saying the thing about, like, you know, women's asses, bring it out of me. Mm-hmm. It's like, they didn't need to put that in there, but they right. let it be in there. Because yeah. if you're believing Pacino in that role as, like, the eccentric kind of loose cannon cop, then you're believing that he would have that monologue. And they left it in there to let it go and, and do what it did. And it did it. That's why that movie's so engaging.
0: To Kyle's point about Edie, it, the same thing happened with Pacino, I think, in- in the scene at the hospital where you see him because the Natalie Portman scene the suicide scene kind of felt a little bit out of nowhere but I think the reason it made sense was because it was showing that he had this family pull just like De Niro the scene with Edie showed that he had a pull but in the end they both decided to chase what they were going to chase because yeah. that conversation with De Niro or with Pacino and his I guess wife, girlfriend, whatever she was like do you think is there any chance we ever make it? It would have been very easy in that moment after like they just rescued like his potential stepdaughter or whatever like where he could have been like "Uh, now I realize nothing else matters than like I want you I want this family like and he was just like I'm gonna chase what I'm gonna chase and she's like okay go like you know he just did and then De Niro did and it was just like okay this is the symmetry they're the same person in different facets and
2: the symmetry thing was played out multiple times in that film because there were parallel scenes going on and shown at the same time like the dinner scene with the we'll call them the criminals where you know all these criminal dudes were with their wives and they're giving them these extravagant gifts and De Niro's by himself and after that he calls the the girl that he had met at the bar because Mm -hmm. I think he realized in that scene he was alone the very next scene was Pacino and the cops with their wives in that penthouse situation oh, there was like I hadn't that. there I was a constant up on that. that's one-to-one parallel criminal scene this is happening cop scene the same thing is right. happening I to me at least the point of that film was to paint the picture that cops and robbers are the same people and there is a decision somewhere in life that divides them and that's really the only difference Wow. because wow. they kept showing also, that they were the same
1: fucking person hell yeah phil that was great and what you said drew kind of plays into this point of the utilization going back to the category i wanted to talk about amy brenneman who plays Edie. she's low-key one of the best characters in the film because when you dive into the special feature she talks about you remember we talked about the history they established for their characters her history was white trash father abandonment she has a southern accent yeah she has this whole (laughs) southern trailer Uh, trash okay so think about it. She kind of probably has a, an idea that he's not into good stuff. Yeah, I was
0: so confused absolutely. by that scene. Like you're attracted to this weird metal salesman that's being kind of a dick to you. Yeah. Who the fuck sells You're metals. hot. Like exactly. You could do so much better. Yeah.
1: T- yes, absolutely she was. and But her backstory leads her to need and want someone. That hmm. subtle hint, that utilization of the cast of I'm going to develop a backstory that goes back 30 years before the film that leads to this moment. We're just that's, handing this to Heat. We're like, yeah, heat. here you go, I'm, guys. Guys. I mean, here's just the thing: it. a lot of great actors fill out a backstory, even on sitcoms. But this was a mandate from Michael Mann that Michael mandate.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too easy, booyah! We're too easy good at that. That was he, that was an alley oop. You that just was, tossed it. I gotta get that you. You Marcus Camby,
1: I was Alan Houston. Wow. Movie Wars alley oop.
0: Deep cut, deep cut. Wow.
1: <laughs> but this was a, a Michael mandate that <laughs> love it. And he sat down with each character, and he would meet with them individually. and says, "Okay, tell me the history of your character." He's like, "We're gonna go way back." Back. Dude, and, I and
0: you felt that you shit did. in the so movie. So did the actors write the history, their own history? I don't know if they wrote it,
1: but they they were the, when you lo- watch the special features, they know it. It's almost like even 30 years later when they're doing this roundtable with Nolan, it's like they like had memorized. it. Dude,
2: what's it. what's funny about all this banter about the backstory of these characters, and I felt that while watching mm-hmm. it, but I didn't know how to put it into words, and I'm only kind of realizing it in this setting that there was a believability, and that's why you know the supporting cast mm-hmm. or. The, the, the least bloated cast, went to heat because that whole situation, all those guys felt very real.
1: Yes. And their performances felt real. You felt like you'd met Neil McCauley before. Yes. yes.
0: And shout out to Michael Mann because I feel like the screenplay left space for that. There wasn't cliche lines or like, oh yeah, you know, absolutely. it was all the all the lines left a lot of room to breathe, yeah. like a lot of interpretation, meditative. Even no, I want like to go back and watch it. Even like, I know Ooh. me too. Yeah, same. Even like you know, what, what did that dude say about the juice? Like the actions were the juices, or the actions the juice, or whatever. You know, when when De Niro's trying, to, he was like, yo, just so you know, like this is about to be bad. If you want out, this is you know, yeah. this is your time. Yeah. And the dude was like, you know, thoughtful and kind of looked away and looked, nah, I'm in. The action's the juice. You know, like yeah. the, that line on, he was on paper yeah. is not great, but there's just like, there's margin there for him to be, to kind of take it and make it that mean whatever it means for him.
1: That ended up being an amazing category. <laughs> we just right? uncovered a lot of great stuff with the bloated Is it like the second category or That's third? the third. Jeez. So it's two to one. You heat, got what, nine left? <laughs> yeah, we're early, but. So last week with No Country and with There Will Be Blood, music was interesting, right? Right? And we're having this again this week because it was no music versus that elaborate classical theme from There Be Blood. We have a similar situation here where Martin Scorsese is known, they call it needle drops. Now, I love him, but freaking A, I feel like the same Rolling Stone song. <laughs> he, he, I feel like he uses a Rolling Stone, one of two different Rolling Stone songs in every movie. He likes to do needle drops, vinyl drops on classic rock and it fits, but he does it again in Departed. But gosh, Heat has this weird Phil Collinsy. Yeah. 80, I call it stretched. It's like kind of this elastic, tenuous.
2: But it never quite goes there. It never goes full 80s or full right. Phil Collins. You're like, right, it's modern. You feel
1: it happening and it's
2: like building up and then it just kind of pulls back and then you're back in the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, when you
0: when you hear it, you see smoke rising off of like a rainy street. Totally. Like that kind of, or not smoke, but like fog. No, or I'm, I'm the, with you. you know, yeah. no, heat, I, yeah.
2: The thing about heat that I really loved and I noticed this while watching Heat whereas I didn't notice it with The Departed. Heat's soundtrack was so appropriate that it felt like it had no soundtrack. It, it just wow. meshed with the movie. Still bringing it tonight. It was a puzzle piece that fit in with mm. everything else. And there were a lot of scenes that had no music. I've only seen this movie a handful of times and most recently a couple nights ago, but there were scenes that were very pivotal and very emotionally charged that had no music. And I felt like they were better for it. Right. And then when they did have the music, it was almost like this bizarre build up to where it never went there. It yeah. was always like it was building 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 and then it dropped off at the apex and i felt like it just really brought this vibe of what the movie was about there's a line drawn between the cops and the criminals there's a line drawn between like the emotion and lack of emotion it was really good
0: so you're giving it the heat oh absolutely yeah, Layup,
2: better far better
1: score true
0: I, I, yeah i think i agree and there was a moment when it was the club scene when it was like at 2 a.m that night when pacino was like you better be there you know that was like don't waste my motherfucking time and he you know they say yeah. like, you know be there so tonight. intense <laughs> yes i the, love but it to the music like you walked in the club and it was like this super uber 90s hip-hop thing mm-hmm. Com- a complete departure from all the other music but it almost grounded it in a way that it's like oh okay so yeah it's back to real life yeah like this is not just this weird fantasy land of cops and robbers This like yeah. this is real life where people are dancing and having a good time in the 90s so that was a cool moment but i think man the swell at the end where it just kind of everything came to a climax like it just felt like a nice it was like michael mann was tying a big fat bow on the end like this is i made my point i'm gonna go heat it feels like we're talking about heat a lot
1: today. it is it's a different movie it's just there's nothing like it and i don't it's never been repeated it's not formulaic well, heat's
2: two movies How it's so? a cops and robbers film you've got the cops against the robbers but it's also a very very deep psychological study
1: on the fact that cops and robbers are the same people yeah. God, Phil, what did you do today? You're yeah, bringing I, it tonight. I was a little pissed at Scorsese watching this again because the needle drops work for me. And I go back, I think his finest musical moment as a filmmaker was the slow motion Goodfellas scene when they're going through all the bodies at the end toward almost like three quarters of the way. They're playing the piano part from Layla by Derek and the Dominos, which is Eric Clapton. That's like an eight minute song, but they got that beautiful piano part. Playing that over the slow motion, like remember the dump truck falls back and all of a sudden, and these bodies are falling out and then they go in the freezer. Hearing this really beautiful piano composition over these dead bodies that are just slain. And these are all people that were part of the Latunza heist. That was perfect. But him starting an Irish mob movie with Dropkick Murphy's that Boston song, it was so telegraphed. I'm like, I don't know. It starts with a dun da dun da 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 dun It was just so like, you're really using an Irish band. Well, at the risk of tying some themes together
2: mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, at the, at the risk... Risk of you know drawing the ire of the people listening and tying some possibly unrelated themes together here is Martin Scorsese kind of a trope guy, possibly like he under the hood. The one. He's doing the Irish, you know, the Dropkick Murphys thing in the, in The Departed. I mean, mm-hmm. last and then movie he's was called the
0: Irishman. Yeah, then the Irishman, <laughs> and then
2: yeah, in you know two episodes ago we've got Raging, Raging Bull, Bull, where that felt like a textbook the study classical. in filmmaking, yeah. and it felt like the score came from like what should you do in a movie. like? like this oh well you know a big score so is Scorsese kind of the trope guy and is that why he's so successful because he does what's what's kind of predictable in those moments because at at the end of the day we're like really giving heat a good strokey stroke but like the departed stroke yeah we're giving it we're giving it we're giving it a heat stroke wow is it hot
0: in here that was not
2: on purpose but that worked um but man the departed in a echo chamber was a great movie but yeah I mean Scorsese's got his themes and he's got his His predictability. That's well
0: said. And he doesn't he doesn't shy away from imitation
2: that's fine and that's to me the mark of a great artist how can you take what someone else has done and make it better
0: because i was listening to a like a bts kind of thing on the on the departed and one this was based on an asian film internal affairs infernal affairs infernal sorry and the, every time someone died in this movie there was an x somewhere on the screen and same with the departed he worked that in so if you pay attention anytime someone's dying there's an x somewhere whether it's like the scaffolding behind them or something. Thing happening with the light, like, there's always an X being projected somewhere on screen, with something, which is just you know it's fun little. Is it kind of up your own ass, artsy fartsy? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. but also it's you know it's but if you cool can't filmmaking. do that as a filmmaker, then yeah, what like, are it, you doing? And right. also, yeah, it gives fans stuff to look for and talk. And here we are talking about it, so
1: I love yeah. it. Yeah and I just want to highlight this category is, you know, we have bro categories and traditional categories, but the music category always ends up blowing up into this kind of discussion. Music is so essential for these films. Oh, I mean, it's it's imagine
2: any, one thing I like to do is think of a scene without the music as it's happening, as I'm watching it. I like to think of it like, what if this scene had no music? It would just be a bizarre interaction. And I feel like that's how a lot of our lives are, you know? It's like we interact with people and if, if you walk away from an interaction with somebody and you're like oh that was a little weird but just think of that interaction with some music behind it all mm. of a sudden it's not so weird all of a sudden that music gives right the interaction a,
1: a baseline and, and something you can latch on to yeah mm. so we're three to one heat it's neck and neck though i mean these categories were it's hard not three to tell. one's not neck and neck but we yeah. but it feels neck and neck because these are just two badass films Badass. <laughs> so i want to preface this one a little bit too so I, the category is neil Macaulay versus frank costello or francis costello but the reason i want to preface it is one thing i discovered that I didn't know before I watched the special features on Heat Neil Macaulay was a real person his name was Neil Macaulay. Yes. meticulous actual person served time in uh, what's the prison in San Francisco uh, uh, Alcatraz served time in Alcatraz and the character is based on this meticulous mathematical lifelong criminal so both of these people are archetypes for real criminals Whitey Bulger ver- this is almost Whitey Bulger versus the real Neil Macaulay well
2: he was also sort of kind of based on a real situation
1: right it was based yeah. on the way that Neil Macaulay Hollywood structure bank heists. So, I mean, as, I mean, two criminals, I mean, head to head, the criminal masterminds here, who wins? Drew?
0: Since this is a fan show and we are not film critics, I think if I'm talking about pure actor portrayal, actor Delivery, character work, all—I have to go De Niro. That said, Nicholson, for all the flaws, all the lunatic vibes he puts out in this film, I think he, to me, he was more entertaining. I think I enjoyed him more. Was he over the top? Yes, but it felt like that was kind of just the movie he was in, and maybe it's just like maybe he set the tone, and just everybody's like, okay, I guess you know Wahlberg and Baldwin, those are like, all right, we're gonna play it up because Nicholson's freaking crazy, but. But like, I'm gonna go Departed on that one.
2: God, what's really funny is I don't disagree with a word that Drew said, but I would go heat. It's okay. t-
0: yeah, it's just kind of how, it's, how are you going to define the term? you hard. literally
2: said everything I was thinking, but I'm going in the opposite direction.
0: Well, because the the, the category is not Nicholson versus Nero. If that was the category, I'm going De Niro. Mm-hmm. But it's the characters, and I just I enjoy the character of that Nicholson played more so. That's all.
2: And and I agree with you, which is funny. But as from a brutality standpoint, and and from a head to head standpoint. I still think I'd take De Niro's character in that movie because he had his principles. He had the things that he cared about, but he also was so just brutally attached to his own code of ethics that he was willing to put all of that aside to do what he needed to do. And Jack Nicholson in that movie was just a fucking lunatic. And you put the lunatic fringe against the principled, calculated guy. And I take the principled, calculated guy every time because the principle calculated guy will figure his way around that and that to me was De Niro in that film
0: but wouldn't you want to go with the guy that jerks off in a movie theater (laughs) I mean yes yes deep down I would I'm just kidding (laughs) those are are great points you know there
1: there are a lot of similarities here that I think about and Phil and Drew both of you well said Nicholson and De Niro both have the same criticism which is they are tropes Nicholson ever since One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest which was his kind of like ultimate entry into the world. He's the nutso. He's the nutcase, you know, and then De Niro is the Italian mob guy. Like kind of, and they use the same tones and they use the same voices. So They both kind of suffer from the same critical elements Mm. as actors. So it's really tough, but we love seeing them do the things they do. That's the difference.
2: So true. There are people that get typecasted.
1: You're like, I'm kind of done. Like Gosling's a good example. I love Gosling, but after a while, I'm like the quiet, introverted, the the quiet, pretty boy. Like I'm Gonna, I'm going to eventually
2: fuck you at the end of the fuck film, it. but like, you know.
1: Enough of that. But Nicholson and De Niro, I'm like, give me more Nicholson De Niro. The There's right? a reason you call yes. Nicholson or De Niro. Yeah. Give me more of both of them. So that's why this is hard because they both do what they do so perfectly. It's a slight edge to heat because I am just naturally attracted. And You alluded to this a little bit, but the meticulous criminal.
2: Yes. Criminals There's-
1: in Hollywood, and, and I was listening to some, some verbiage around this in some other podcast about how you did didn't want to be a mainstream actor and be a villain in a movie like if you were an attractive talented actor you wanted to be the good guy for so many years but then there was this change in Hollywood where it's like mm. you want to be the bad guy you want to have that dilemma in your caricature
0: or, and, and also you want to root as a viewer you start rooting for the bad guy yes and I think that's where Which has Heat become a, was pivotal yeah is because you always wanted to root for the good guy but with yeah. Heat it's like at the end you're kind of like well shit I right. want Pacino to catch this motherfucker yeah but also i want this motherfucker to get away like <laughs> you're pulling for both totally. of them you don't know who to cheer for it's kind of like breaking. Why, it's yeah. that breaking bad thing where
2: you are yes like, i, I want love, Walter Hank, I love Walter. to get yes. away or yeah.
0: you know to get a you know to be successful but i shouldn't yeah. like that That that's kind of that and i love it rough. when
1: we we have enough episodes now where we're hitting milestones because we talked about anti-heroes a lot and there will be blood versus no country because there's this element of principledness. They're bad people, but they're principled people, and it's weird when you see yeah. principled people that are bad and have bad motives, but versus people that are unprincipled. It's well, like, that, that just
2: makes those at least not those, those make
0: the best villains. What's the line yes.
2: between good and bad? I mean, are they good or bad, or yeah. are they just standards, just morality, principles? They're principles on sets both of rules, quote yeah. unquote sides. By. Yeah, they just live by different standards, and that to me is the brilliance yeah. of cinema and, and television shows like you're calling into question the very binary mm. basic concept mm-hmm. of good and bad. Yes. Like that shouldn't be the debate anymore. Yeah. It should be. What was the influence on these people that caused them to go in those directions? Right. Ooh. And I want to, it's yeah, like though. Thanos. Yeah.
0: It's like, wait, I think he's bad, but I also see his point. I get it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I get it. Like, it's like he's, there's yeah. this,
2: this primal like programming in you that wants to call them bad. But at the end of the day, you yeah. kind of get it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and if why you can't
2: I, admit that. Then you're fucking lying to yourself.
1: And that's why I go Neil Macaulay and heat on this because you know we've talked about how De Niro is a little bit of a trope and for a long time he did that mobster yeah, or he's always that thing. Yeah. But let's talk about acting. I, None of us are actors in this room. One thing that De Niro has done time and time again is he displays this very complex idea we're talking about, which is they're bad, but they're principled. Whereas everyone else may be quote unquote societally good, but mor- morally corrupt because they don't adhere to but a standard. But once again,
2: it depends on what your moral compass yes. is. Yes. And like is he, to him, yeah. is he bad? Yeah. No, he's just fighting a system he doesn't mm-hmm. agree with. And, and if
1: you, and you are doing the same thing whether you know mm-hmm. it or not. And And I give it to Heat because De Niro, he does it better than anyone. He does it in Heat, but as Jimmy Burke in the Goodfellas book, and I'm reading uh, Wise Guys, which is the book for Goodfellas, Jimmy Burke, again, Italian mob guy, lifelong mob guy, again, principled, casino. The reason they want him to run the casino is just because he's this weird mathematical principled person. We don't associate mathematical and concise with criminality naturally, but it's incredible to see De Niro do it over and over again. And I think he does it to the ultimate in heat. So that's why I give it to heat. All right. We're going to talk about gunfights, right? Let's get a little basic here, but this actually turns out to be a pretty incredible category because (laughs) Drew, you were texting me earlier and I want you to start us off here. The gunfight award. I didn't even
0: know this was going to be a category when I texted you this. I'm so happy that it's here. But the gunshots, mm-hmm. the the sheer sound and volume of the gunfire in Heat is absolutely unbelievable. I just the first time I heard it, I got chills. Like the sound mixing quality. I, I mean, I'm not Phil can speak into this. The audio mixing and the way that everything sounded in that film was just so realistic and so yes. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was I, I was such a fan. The part of it I'm sure it was great too, but he stuck heat, out. Heat is so. sticks out. Out.
2: heat all the way for the same reasons. I have a Dolby Atmos system at my house. And, and you're I, a sound engineer. And, and I'm an audio engineer for my entire, the majority <laughs> of my life. You are life. a professional <laughs> sound engineer. I, I literally like led with
0: the Atmos thing. I <laughs> literally <laughs> You know I've made my entire living doing Yeah, audio. yeah.
2: The only thing that's paid my bills over the years has been pressing buttons for people that want to make sounds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Literally last, uh, the other night when I watched this with my wife, there was a moment in Heat when I turned to her and said, This movie is mixed immaculately. Mm. Like it.
0: I'm so glad it, that it has that a have lot a good of, ear. It
2: has a lot of bizarre level discrepancies to where the action scenes <laughs> are definitely loud compared to the dialogue. And that's pretty much par for the course in Hollywood. However, there was an emphasis on specific noises in that film, like a glass breaking or somebody walking, or then you get into the gunshot, into the gunfire scenes and, and the, the sound of the weapons. It was perfect. I mean, how 26 years later watching this film, I'm sitting there there on listening on one of the most advanced systems available and I'm like holy shit this thing sounds good yes like who I don't know if there was a remaster somewhere in that pipeline but like good god that movie was
1: flawless from the sound design perspective again I go heat too. very contextual for Michael Mann here too and I don't think Michael Mann gets mentioned enough with directors but there's a moment where we we talked earlier about Robert De Niro as Neil McCauley being this intentional calculated guy but stuff keeps going wrong right Wayne Grove right the henchman the like he's a movie. complete psycho he's the un- <laughs> Wayne Gro Wayne Gro what Wayne a freaking yeah he goes wrong he's an unpredictable element so you know you got Macaulay who's completely intentional calculated and then you have all these elements that go wrong and I think that's an undisclosed kind of thing in the movie is that there's even though he's a criminal but he's also very calculated things keep going wrong watching him react to those things is a very interesting tension in the film but the gunfight and it's the iconic gunfight Val Kilmer with his MP5 oh, or his M16. God, dude, that what a scene. scene. The film, I don't want to get too artistic here, but what the film is depicting there is Macaulay's very calculated, but it goes all wrong. It doesn't go the way it's supposed exactly. to. Exactly. And it's the sound of gunfire, automatic weapons in an open LA street in the middle of the day. And you're hearing these gunshots echo between buildings downtown. Yes. In the middle of a, what is it, a Wednesday? Yeah, People sure, are a pick a day. People are being uh, lawyers.
0: And the guy, when he was just holding the girl. Yeah. I was like, ah! I was so on the edge of my seat like yes yes.
1: and even Nolan who we've talked about on this podcast as a genius when we did Inception, he asked Michael Mann he was like how did you do that he asked him he was curious like how it was good He he, it was very very well done he specifically asked him how did you do that with the gunshots? they sound so real it sounds like they're shooting automatic weapons in the middle of LA in a movie you gotta give it to heat and I'm I'm not Departed may be really good (laughs) and it may have great gun there was nothing
2: about the sound design in Departed that's it out to me
1: departed and and this is
2: the thing where i can't sit here and shit on departed as it stands as a film because it's so good but put up against heat where there was just this intentionality behind you know getting the actors to really hone their performances and and their backstories to the sound design where the reverb of the gunshots off the adjacent buildings
1: was flawless the,
2: there's no comparison i mean even it, the mix on that on that yeah. movie was just it
1: was on another level i wish we could do a whole podcast with you just about what it's like to capture sounds and like what it takes to, to, oh, yeah. It. Good sound
2: design will cover a multitude of sins for me.
0: I will say, just quick shout out for departed since we've talked so much about heat. There was a moment when she gets the piece of mail from Costigan and she looks to see if she can open it. And she hears like the door shuts and you hear the whoosh, like the ki- the shower yeah, thing And the opens, shower just comes on, and so... like she instantly sees it and then she whoosh, tears the thing. Like there was like this boom, 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 like this really quick taste, sound, like storytelling thing where it's like, okay, like you saw her in real time work out like, I want to open this. Oh, but he's going to see it. Oh, but he's getting in the shower. Okay, I have time. Envelope. Oh, open this now. She pops in the seat. Play- but like, it was just like in five seconds, it told the entire story of what was happening in her head. Yep. And sound played such an important piece of that, especially sure. like, because she was listening to it but, on her earbuds. And then she pulled the plug. We couldn't hear it. We could, we, we could hear what she was saying. But then when she pulled the plug. Yes. We could see him not hearing it. Sort of like well, oh it, this poor bastard doesn't know what's going down yeah, like the sound point. was used in an integral well, way this is, to <laughs> tell the story this incredible this is the tough part right.
2: about evaluating two movies that that exist in the 90 to 100 percentile of mm-hmm. films like it's it's not that like one sucks and one's good they're two
1: incredible films and we're like literally splitting hairs here yes, yes. yeah yeah it's true I know it's 5 to 1 but I feel bad for Departed because I love the movie I'm like how is it oh, 5 to so 1 good. it's such a great film so we got three more categories here and uh, this this is an interesting one, and I like this because I don't know if you guys can tell me it feels a little heavy-handed. Martin Scorsese versus Michael Mann is the is the item here, and I'm going to start us Ooh. off here. Do it. It's tough here. I'm I'm not as big as a Michael Mann fan, only Michael because honestly, I'm not as familiar with this category. The movies that I'm very familiar with are The Heat and then Manhunt, which was actually a lot of people don't know this. That's or Manhunter. That's the original Sounds of the lamp. So that's Red Dragon, the book, and that was kind of his foray. Michael Mann. He, he people don't know this, but he was the first to ever do Hannibal Lecter, and he did a great wow. job. It's a very artsy film. If you want to talk about artsy, go watch Manhunter.
2: Well, you can feel that. Art- art, influence, and heat. Yes. And that's the thing. You can feel he hangs mm-hmm. on scenes too long. He yep. makes it about their bizarre principles. Right. Like, there's an artistic mm-hmm. flair to that mm-hmm. film, and it and it goes by kind of unnoticed because yeah. you're like, this is just a long criminal action film. But if you really dig in and notice the fact that he hangs on shots for a long time, mm-hmm. there's an artistic element to that. Yeah. And that's how you get a three-hour film out of something that should be just action
1: He's not afraid to zoom on fog on a street for three minutes. Not at all. Yeah. And you sit there watching watching
2: yeah. it because you know there's a reason behind
1: it. Yeah, and I feel like I'm rubbing salt in the wounds of my hero Martin Scorsese who is one of my heroes as an artist but I go Michael Mann here because we're basically, one of the flaws of this model is we're, we don't do these matchups based on timing, we do it based on story threads, right? Exactly. We're catching Scorsese at an interesting point and I highlighted this earlier. He's in the twilight of his career. You love and hate Scorsese because he, what he does well is he takes flawed people and focuses on the thing that's a flaw and yes. he makes the whole He makes a three-hour epic about it. He didn't do that here. I don't know these characters. Yeah, Jake Lamada. He Lomata's, told a crime story. He told a very yeah. like complicated, you know, cops robbers crime story. Yes. Yeah. Taxi driver. Insane person. Raging bull. Jake Lamada. Insane person. But the way he focuses it on those character studies is fantastic. But here he he he's having to disperse his artistic vision over all these characters, all these fantastic actors, and I don't think he does it as well as when he takes his, uh, you know standard Italian mobster cast with his two leading men Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and orchestrates that vision and I think that he does that well and he does it unlike anyone but I don't love what he does in Departed when he's he's kind of doing that all over the board so I go Michael Mann here because I only have three films that come to mind for Michael Mann that I love that's Collateral, Manhunter and Heat and Heat being the best by a wide margin and I don't know what it is about Heat other than that this thing is just it's a vision. It's its special. There's so much intentionality. theres It's action meets art I give it to man Drew what do you do I, I
0: totally echo everything you said with Scorsese you're talking about Mount Rushmore of directors he's up there <laughs> Michael Mann is not on that mountain <laughs> yeah but, he's not but in the context of these two movies yeah I mean this is a good movie and this was kind of an honorary best picture for everything he's done but yeah, yeah I go heat
2: agreed it it takes a really special director to take w- what would otherwise on the surface be perceived as an action film and make it the character study that he made heat and that's what he did. He made it a cops versus robbers deep kind of psychological study on that concept. And for him to take what should just be a civil cops and a robbers film and make it what he did, Michael
1: Mann, in this context, yeah. all the way. It's like taking macaroni and cheese and making it the the $50 yeah, main course. Yeah, macaroni and fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's six to one. And it's, again, I feel guilty. My hero, Mr. Martin, but we got but, two. But
0: that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It, it's Michael okay, yeah. Jordan didn't win every year. That's true. Yeah. There Good were point. there were other athletes that had great. Derek Jeter missed years. a
2: ground ball at some point. I'm sure.
0: No, no. Th- I mean, I'm saying like, <laughs> yeah. There are other players that hit home yeah. runs too. Yeah. Even though you know you're not Roger, you're mm-hmm. Roger Maris. There yeah. was other players that had great years. Let's sure. finish
1: this thing out with two bro categories. Which gang do you want to join? Which criminal <laughs> enterprise do you want to join? Phil, why don't you start us off? This feels like a Phil category. Okay, this one I
2: give to The Departed. I think I would join Jack Nicholson's gang because there is just a... I don't I don't I don't even know why I would join it. There is a calculated insanity to it and I feel like he... There's a financial aspect to it where he's making sure his people are taken care of yep. Um. versus the Heat gang where it's almost like De Niro's too smart for his own good and it eventually gets mm. in the way and and his principled nature causes him to abandon his freedom at the end of the film and go back into that fucking hotel yep. to take down I was so pissed at him in that yeah, moment I, know. I was like just keep driving damn it
1: just go with Edie it's it's like be with his, her she's beautiful
2: his principled nature almost makes it that you don't want to be in his gang because you know mm. that it's going to come down to the inherent right or wrong mm-hmm. of it and it's going to cause him to make a bad decision
0: but uh, see I would wouldn't you argue that you would want to be with someone with principles even as fucked up as they are like you might at least you know that there are rules to play by because like I think about De Niro in that scene when he was like yo things are about to get crazy like he was trying to talk them out of it like you've got a family you should definitely step out at this point just so you know like he was I feel like he was good to his guys whereas Nicholson was like a freaking lunatic like it feels like it's true he could have gone
2: yes unhinged he could have just I still go departed
0: yeah I don't know I, why. I mean, if
2: you want
1: to, I don't even agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> so I do want to clarify. You got three people in a room that have never been in prison. I've never even gotten a speeding ticket. So I've I, been
0: in lots of gangs. Dude, I me. literally got pulled over today.
1: <laughs> you did? <laughs> I can't wait to talk about oh, that. It's a bizarre story. Listen, I'm not going to pretend like I know about criminal enterprise. I've never been invited in one. I want to be, but I haven't been. Phil and I have joked that we are, if if we believed in uh, reincarnation, we would oh. have been mobsters in the 20s, and the 40s. I don't know. I'm kind of. You know, during the day, I'm diligent. I do my job. But when I'm doing my mob and crime activity, oh, hell yeah. I just want to let loose. And Jack yeah. Nicholson, Francis, he allowed for that. he just, you know, I mean, if you do wrong, he's going to kill you. But if you do the right stuff, he's going to let you do whatever you want. Man, Neil Macaulay got a lot of rules. And earlier we had a serious praise for that. But in the bro categories, it's like, come on, man, let loose. We're criminals. Come on. I didn't get into this to follow rules. Okay. That's why I left the day job, robbed the bank with you. Just let me let loose a little. Okay. So if See, I'm going to join a game, are,
0: these are uh, De Niro's guys are professionals. They so that are. First scene, you get the... you instantly, you're like, oh, when Kelvin's yeah, buying all the ammo and shit, except you're like, for oh, these mother- Wango for- yeah. or Wayne Grove. Wayne Grove. They growed. are Apple. Well, yeah, and they slammed his face against the table. They did. But <laughs> <To laughs> he put put him comes back, back and this fucks is, up the whole thing. This is Bill Belichick, Greg Popovich. Like, yeah. get your do your job. I want Bruce Arians. <laughs> Win your game and you do Coke later. <laughs> you want Jason Garrett clapping on yeah, the sideline. Good job, oh, he guys.
1: Claps. Just make it through 60 minutes. We'll go to the Coke Hooker <laughs> party later. <laughs> So yeah. at six to two, we just gave departed one, but all right, I like this last. We're gonna finish off with the bro category. Category, let's go. Yes, uh, best psycho henchman. We got two really psychotic henchmen. We got Wayne Grow and we got Mister French. By the way, Mister French, great name. I mean, that's like the kind of the go to name, you know, for uh, like uh, didn't yeah. the Money Bond is French? Yeah, we got two psychopaths here. <sighs> I mean, if you're if Wayne Gro kills a child hooker. Let's frame it he this is way. He psycho motherfucker. You're you're starting a gang, Phil. Drew. You're starting a gang, and you need a number two. You need a henchman. Who are you going with? Are you going Ooh. with Mr. French or are you going with Grow? Okay,
2: though- that to, that to me is a different question. Yeah, yeah. Let's frame it that way, Phil. Well, if I'm needing a number two between those two psychotic assholes, I'm going Mr. French because I don't want somebody who is going to kill a hooker, yeah. much less a child hooker. Right. Because how fucked up do you have to be to do some shit like that? Yeah. Whereas Mr. French felt like you know he had a few principles to live by, whereas Wangro felt very off-brand for De Niro's character yeah. in that movie to where he mm-hmm. hired kind of an unhinged, child killing, like, setup kind of dude that was very off-brand for yeah. for De Niro's character and Heat. And it's almost like he realized it right away. Like, this dude just, he's out for blood. He wants to kill people. He shoots the guard. De Niro realized it right away. Dude happens to get away on a technicality. And he goes and starts killing children. Yeah. Dude, French all yeah. the way.
0: I agree. I don't think I have any uh, additional thoughts. I think Wayne Grow is a freaking. Psycho, yeah, dude,
2: he's the worst of humanity.
0: The hooker scene was hard to watch. Yeah. honestly, it was cringy. it's cringy. Got no use for that yeah. guy.
2: As a acting accolade, you saw his persona flip in that scene from playful hooker hiring dude who just wants to get laid to murderous psychotic asshole. Yeah, you saw it flip in his eyes. That was a, yeah, and once That's again, going back to the eyes thing, like yeah. Pesci with the eyes in Raging Bull, like he's 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 tough guy. He's Funny guy, then his brother challenges him and his eyes totally flip and he's not into it. That's some great acting. So I don't remember who that guy was, but whoever played Wayne Grow sold it. Don't want him on my team, but he sold it as an actor.
1: I go to part here too because you got to look at Jack Nicholson and Robert De Niro, Macaulay and Costello as the CEOs. They don't want to get in the details, right? They're running the company, they're making a lot of big decisions. The henchmen, they're operational, they're kind of determining the culture of these companies, right? If you want to look at them like from a corporate perspective, these are the cultural values that we abide by. French is so consistent. Wayne Grow, he's insane. <laughs> he goes off the beaten path. <laughs>
2: Definition of crazy. Yes, we right have there. two
1: psychopaths, but Wayne Groh, like has a side hustle. And you don't want someone that has a side hustle in your organization. His side hustle is killing hookers. Killing people yeah. from here At to there. At least French is doing it all in the name of the Irish mob. And so French, yeah. Yeah, and great beard, great Mr. Beard. French. Yeah. yeah, so I go Mr. French. So that goes departed there. Ladies and gentlemen, let's do the, the final tally here. The margarita curve is real. Oh, it is so strong. Six to three.
0: It's feeling hot in here, guys. Yeah, it
1: is. Feeling the heat. The heat
0: is around the corner.
1: So it's six to three, but it, it's, just, it's weird saying that because these are two fantastic films. Yeah, we're I... getting in the micro, isn't it? But uh, are we doing favorites? Oh yeah, we got to do favorites. favorites. Oh, sorry Come about on that. Now? Phil, kick us off. Personal favorites. A lot of editing on this one. Personal Mark. favorite: Tequila Curve. Listening to
2: this podcast, you'd think Heat would be the landslide, but like, if I'm sitting down at night to watch a movie, I think fun factor. Depart- Departed is the layup, but if you're going for that thoughtful, you know, human analytics perspective, Heat's the layup. So they're both amazing. I personally liked Heat better because it was more thoughtful. So yeah, I'll go with Heat, but Departed was still, I mean, man, that is not to take away from the achievement Departed was. If I can hit the precipice of my career and 30 years later make something like Departed, that's going from Taxi Driver to Raging Bull to The Departed. Good for fucking Martin Scorsese. A movie that he made that isn't one of his best is still incredible. I'd I'd
0: kill for a career like that. Well said, Drew. From the moment The Departed started, I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. I was so in. So in. And that movie, there are so many twists and turns that you don't see coming. I mean, when, when Damon's texting in his freaking pocket, like to like the, obviously when... T9
2: for all you guys who...
0: Yeah, dated for sure. But there are so many moments I was like, I'm just so enthralled with what's happening right now. There's so many different characters, big Bostonian, crazy, fun characters to sink your teeth into. Top five favorite movie of all time. Then I saw Heat. (laughs) (laughs) And so many similarities, but also so many things that sets it apart and introduced me to a whole new facet of, you know, what Pacino and De Niro can do. And yeah. Both incredible films. I'm just so happy to be able to have them sitting on my shelf and have yeah. them in my digital downloads and like I will revisit both of them for years to come.
1: I go I go Heat by just a hair here. Kind of similar to what Drew said because I love Scorsese so much Departed kind of held a strong place in my heart and then later in life as a mature film, film viewer watching Heat having learned more about movies and, and seeing a lot of movies it really is one of those weird eclipse moments in filmmaking where we have the drama we have the art we have the action and somehow you, you notice as you increase the complexity of a film elements tend to suffer you ever see that with any art form music anything when you add complexity things suffer the heat doesn't suffer yes it has art but somehow we're talking we spent the most time talking about the gun sounds and the sound effects I mean this is a technical mm. marvel on top of being different and it's really can only be explained is what happens when an artist just fulfills their vision and it's beautiful to me and I hate to say it and I think Scorsese has done so much great work and I, and I think most of his great work is earlier you know and I love it when he zooms in and it's the reason a lot of people don't love early Scorsese I love that character study and I missed it here I wanted to know more about Costigan I wanted to know more about Jack Nicholson and their motivations and it it, I felt like I never got deep enough with some of those characters to love them Mm. whereas with Heat that coffee shop scene at 2 a.m. and knowing what they did to make that scene the improv and making it late on purpose I couldn't choose a side I was like Macaulay and Lieutenant Vincent I was I was like, these two guys are giants. They're the same person separated by just a few centimeters of morality. It put me in a position I love being, I love it when filmmakers or just artists in general put me in that situation where like, I don't know what to say. You've presented me with a complexity and I don't know how to judge it. Um, I think Scorsese is at his best when he's doing those character studies with Taxi Driver, Raging Bull. Um, I go heat, but again, if you told me that I got to take the day off and I got to watch these movies back to back, I would take the day off and joyfully watch these movies back to back. 100%. 100%. Hundred percent, love them. We love you. You know, this is our ninth episode. We're fixing to hit ten episodes, and uh, double digits up. In double this digits. It's been a fun year,
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, yeah, we love you. Thank you so much. Two great films. If you haven't watched them recently, go back and watch them. I'm Kyle. I'm Drew, and I'm Phil. Drew, Phil, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us on the Movie Wars podcast. If you want to hang out with us until the next episode drops, find us on Instagram and TikTok, username Movie Wars Podcast. If you really love us and want to support us financially, we would love you back for it. Contributing to us on Patreon not only supports us financially, but it gets you access to private content that's not available to everyone. Thank you again for hanging out with Drew, Phil, and I. We love you. Have a great week.